This is episode number 22 with TED speaker Johnny Campbell. Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 20-year-old author and trainer. Each week, my friend Chance and I bring you an empowering person or message to lay out an action plan for those ready to take control of their lives and fulfill their vision of success. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let the class begin. Welcome, welcome. We have Johnny Campbell in the house today. Johnny Campbell is a TED speaker, a member of the Toastmasters Hall of Fame, and the receiver of many speaking awards. Johnny is absolutely captivating, and I'm so excited to have him today. When I watched his TED Talk, How an Enemy Can Improve Your Life, I was sold. He is so animated up on stage, so full of energy, and just an all-around funny guy, a great guy, and I had to bring him on the show. He was such a brilliant guest, so kind, so full of value and gold, and we dug deep into his TED Talk today. We discussed the art of friendly competition and precisely how an enemy can improve your life, what and who the enemies are or can be, and how most people do not want to change. They are resistant to change. So he is the transition man. Johnny encourages transitioning, growing, and improving upon who you already are, becoming your best self. Now I'd like to take a second to shout out the review of the week. This one comes from Dr. Bonnie 36 on Apple Podcasts. Enjoying this podcast, and I look forward to many more thoughts, ideas, and perspectives from such an inspiring source. Thanks so much for that review, Bonnie. And if you'd like a chance to be shouted out on the podcast, you can leave a review as well in Apple Podcasts. It takes less than 30 seconds, and it helps us grow tremendously. It helps us improve upon what we are already doing, and it helps us be found much easier. The more reviews, the easier we are found. And this episode is brought to you by Growth Mindset University, the book. Growth Mindset University is available on Amazon. Guys, people are loving this book. Plenty of five-star reviews. And this book is really about thinking better to live better, taking control of your life. Not just making a living, but designing a life. Not just going with the flow, but consciously seeking to direct the flow, being the master of your fate and shaping your circumstances. You see, sometimes we can't always shape our circumstances directly, but we can always decide how we respond to happenings, to our circumstances, which indirectly will always shape our circumstances. You do not want to miss out on this book. People are picking it up and reading it within three to four days. It's easy to read and there's a ton of value in it and if you would like to get it you can get it on amazon and have it in your hands within two days how great is that and now without further ado here is ted speaker johnny campbell the transition man
Welcome back to the show, everybody. Growth Mindset University. I'm here with Johnny Campbell right now. So Johnny, what is your, what's your why? You do a lot of things. Like, why do you do what you do? What is your cause, your reason for why you do what you do? Well, I have a, I have a why, but I have a now more than anything else. And the now, which drives the why, is that I really, I really, I really don't want, the people that I help, I don't want them to give up. And that's the biggest thing that I've seen. That's what drives me is working with people so that they will not give up on their dreams and their goals. Because that was my biggest thing in my life. My, my greatest fear is regret. It's not failure, it's regret. And because of that, I know a lot of people might be in the same boat that they regret one day not pushing it, not going as hard as they could. So my message, my information, whether it's business or personal, is about not giving up on what you are trying to pursue and achieve in your life. So really, that's my, my biggest why is for people to just not give up. Right on. I agree with that as well. It's part of my why. Um, so you're a very accomplished speaker, a Toastmasters Hall of Fame, TED speaker, and you're very, very good on stage. I mean, I saw your TED talk. You had, you're so animated. You had me laughing. You're a funny guy. And that's why I've been so excited to talk to you. You're just so, your personality is all there and I love it. You know how, and you're, you're getting people to laugh and you get the standing ovation that people, that every speaker dreams of that very few get. You get it. And I'm just, I'm just in all of that. Like, what is your, what is, how did you get the TED opportunity? How, what, what is your origin story as to how you began speaking? How did you learn? Um, how did you grow along the way? Just tell me about your whole journey with speaking and stumbling upon the TED opportunity. Well, I'll start with the TED kind of and go backwards there. Sure. The opportunity was, uh, I was actually speaking at a church for a Toastmaster conference. And I was there and I was speaking and I was just delivering my talk. It was on communication and how to be a better presenter. And I always, no matter what talk I give, I always add in there that issue of personal development and growth. Cause I feel like that that's important to being a better business person or individual. You've got to have the right mindset. So I'm delivered that talk. And once I got done with it, a lady walks up to me and she kind of whispers to me. She says, have you ever heard of TEDx? Now, I've heard of TEDx, but I just decided to mess with her. And I said, who's Ted? What's Ted Walker? <laughs> you know, and then she said, no, I'm a TEDx organizer. And she said that I would really, I think that you doing a TEDx would be a great thing. You know, it would really help a lot of people, and you would see a lot of value from doing it. So I said, okay, all right, I'm, I'm definitely interested in it from that point. But I went and I kind of looked at the TEDx process. And I saw what people were doing. And I said, you know, people are up here on stages before TEDx, and they're talking about things. It's not that they don't believe in it, but how, but do they really believe in it enough that they're going to do something about it? Because I wanted to speak about something that I was moved by and that I knew that I could move others by because it was something that was true to their hearts. So I began my process and once I went through the TEDx process and the application and all the information stuff, 
you know, then I had about 90 days to get ready for my TEDx talk. And for myself, I, I worked on it. I mean, I really worked on it. What I did was when I say worked on it, I had about 17 minutes and I, as a speaker, could have used all kinds of older material I've used over the years, but I didn't. I wrote 17 minutes of new, unheard, fresh content that mm. you listen to, uh, Jordan, on that video. And it took me 60 days to write it. I wrote for 60 days and I practiced for 30 days because I knew I could perform it, but I wanted to write it in such a way that inspired people, but also made people laugh, but also made people realize it. Hey, you know what he's talking about is, is really true, that an enemy can improve your life. And enemies have always been around us and they've always been a catalyst. So I wanted to argue a position that people knew about, but never really spoke a lot about, but it was a driving force. So that's kind of how I came up with the talk. And then also I wanted to deliver a message that people could see the value also of bringing me into their organizations to speak for them. Some TEDx talks are so noble and so inspiring, yeah. but who can hire you to talk about that? You know, some of those talks are incredible, but they're so, they're so big that I don't know if an organization can see themselves bringing a person in to talk on it. So a lot of people have millions and millions of views, but I've been hired to speak probably more than most TEDx and TED speakers because my talk is relevant to the world that we're currently living in. Right. For, for relevancy. But so that's kind of my TEDx evolution there. But my origin is pretty much I worked over 10 years in the insurance industry. I was a trainer and I was a claims adjuster and I did these things and I moved into training. And when I got into training, we went through a multiple downsizings and mer mergers and reorganizations. And the organization, the insurance company, put me in training right in the midst of all of this. And they said, we want you to help us train people on new technology, but also help them get into the right frame of mind to be able to cope with it. So that was the best of both worlds for me. You know, I was able to do the technology stuff, but I was able to talk about mindset and how you look at what you're going through. And that was my journey. And suddenly that's what gave me, it caused me to become the transition man because that became my stage name. And it became my stage name because I realized, and here's one for you, Jordan, people don't like change. Did you know that, Jordan? Oh, I knew that. That's, it's crazy, isn't it? Right. Yeah. They don't like change. Oh. And because they don't like change, I started to think about it from a different context. I said, let's not look at this as a change, but merely as a transition. And mm -hmm. I shall be your transition man. I love that, Johnny. That's great. And that was my birth cry. And that's how, like, Batman, Superman, that was my origin of becoming the transition man. And then I just kind of, from that point, started offering people new ways to look at the situation. And I, in, event, in, in the end, I came to realize that change is a situation, an event, or a thing, but not a person. People improve or they get worse. People go through things, but they don't ever really change. They might be transformed by something, but change is such a static thing. It's an event, a situation, or a thing. And when I got people to understand that that's not what you're doing right now, we're going through a transition, people became more open. So mm. for me, the going through the corporate America, then becoming a speaker after the mergers were over, like when, once they phased out all the jobs and they phased out and they kept who they were going to, 
the training department's always the next to go. So they phased out my job. And I said to myself, well, you know, what am I going to do now? And I said, I'm going to do exactly what I've been teaching everybody else to do. I'm going to live my message. So I started to go out on the road and I started to speak. And for those listening to you, listening to this show, I'm going to tell you about the most unsexiest way to become a speaker. Mm-hmm. I, I cold called my way into the world. Oh, man. I just, yeah. I, you know, here, but here's the strategy. I came from the insurance industry. Why not talk to people from the industry I come from? So I got a list, a list of associations that were insurance related, and I started to call them. And I didn't say anything magical other than I was you. And now I'm not, but I understand what needs to be done in order for you to have more success in what you do. And that was it. And I just made cold calls and I got into different groups because I was one of them in the past, had that past experience. And I began to have conversations and I started doing speeches and getting referrals and it moved on down the road. Now, I was already a funny guy in the sense of like, I could make people laugh and I could, I could do all of these things, but I didn't understand what I was doing because it was natural to me, Jordan. It was all innate. I could just see the funny in situations at times. So I joined Toastmasters and I joined Toastmasters not because I had a fear of speaking, but because I wanted to get better. I wanted to understand what I was doing. And so when I got into Toastmasters and I went through the trainings, I started to understand that's what you call what you're doing, Johnny. The way you're saying it, the way you're doing it, there's a name for that. And I didn't know there was a name for it because it was all natural to me. And Toastmasters helped me clarify and structure my talks. So now when I get on stage, I'm not worried about the structure around the talk. That means I'm free within the talk to play. And that's what you watch me do on stage just now when you watch the, the, the TEDx talk. I have a structure around everything, but I'm free within that structure for me, my best person to come out on stage. Right, dude. Everything you just said there, I I was, I was just my mind was going, man. You you, I loved everything. I was, um, this is something you know. As with all my you know interviewees, I listen back and and I mm-hmm. learn. Um, this is going to be awesome for me and my audience. And I loved you know the transition man, and you know because people don't like change. I loved everything there. So in your talk, you argue about how enemies can improve your life. And I have always been of, I've always been of the school of thought that, you know, I always say, run your own race, run your own race. What, what do you think about run your own race and, and how can an enemy improve your life? Well, it's, first of all, I would call it an enemy can improve your life because enemies offer you something very valuable, a gift. It's called productive paranoia. When you run a race, and if you say the word race, mm. you're in a race with other people. You're in a race with other individuals. And those other individuals are out there working hard, preparing themselves for the same race. And you have to prepare yourself. See, I came from the world of, of sports, you know, not pro sports, but I was in high school and in college. And what got us up for competition was competition. You know, winning was a byproduct, but it was the preparing ourselves for what we might face that caused us to get to that next level of excellence. And then I started to realize in life it was the same way. See, an enemy 
is not just a person. It could be a situation or a thing. And what I mean by that is this, is that you're running your race, but there are things you must overcome in order to win your race. And the things you're overcoming are the enemy of your success. For some people, it's fears and doubts and worries, procrastination, mm -hmm. a host of things. But in the world that we live in, we go against enemies all the time to find cures. Like cancer is an enemy. And every doctor, every medical professional looks at cancer as the enemy of wellness, of health. So they go hard on cancer. They don't go hard on wellness. They go hard on the problem, the enemy of it all. And that's what gets them up in the morning because today might be the day we get a breakthrough, we get an answer. And anyone out there that you, you know, if you look at what they're really doing, they're winning races because they're overcoming the enemies that stand in their way of their success. And those enemies become barriers for others and breakthroughs for others. You know, it's just a matter of, how hard are you willing to work? And so like for ourselves, and that's why professional development is so important because, you know, Jordan, in this world that we live in right now, the world, if you just look at the world as it is, the world is full of struggle, sacrifice, and self-conflict. But the life you live is based on your willingness to overcome things in order to have the great life that you want to live. Because life in itself is tough. Yeah. So it's your mindset and it's your attitude and, and it's your willingness to work through things. And to me, I've identified those three things, struggle, sacrifice, and self-conflict as being the, the biggest enemies to someone having a great life. But once someone makes a decision, they're not going to struggle anymore. They are going to um, put in the work that's necessary or they're going to get clear on what they're here for and what they're going to do. That's how they start to overcome it. But if there's no barrier to their success, people get lazy and comfortable and complacent. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's why an enemy can improve your life, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, I see that totally. And you talk about Apple and Steve Jobs versus Bill Gates. Yeah. And I love this part where you're saying how um you know, it was, it was hatred. There's a difference between hatred and admiration. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit to their story together? Uh, Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and how they had a, what you would call a friendly competition, I guess. Yeah, I, I absolutely. See, the thing was with, with Gates and Jobs, I don't think they ever hated one another. I think they admired one another, but each one wanted to be number one. In a, and wanted to be number one. And each one had to pursue this from their, and this is running your race, area of strength. Jobs knew that overcoming Gates is like David and Goliath. He knew it. So he had to have almost like Spartan-like people around him, true Spartans, because the odds were so great. And so that's why he made the comment himself about we need we need them. We need Microsoft. We need them because they push us. And if we didn't have them or we didn't have anyone else, we need to make up an enemy to be to cause us to get up in the morning and push for excellence. Because it's so easy to slip into second place and be all right. So, but then on the other side of it, you got Bill Gates that used competition as a catalyst for his continued growth. 
he was controlling well over 50% of the marketplace, but he wanted more. But how do you get more? You have to find something that drives you, that will drive your team, that will push your team. And that's what Gates did. He found having that competition, that friendly rivalry to race towards something, pushed his team and his group to excellence, whereas Jobs made it a religion. And that's why he can sell at a, why his company's Apple sells at a premium on all of their products. Their followers, those that use Apple, are true believers because of how Jobs positioned it. It's us against everyone else. <laughs> right and, on, yeah. And they join, and that's why they pay more. I don't. I'm not a computer expert, but people pay a premium for what they can get for less price. But they can't be a part of something without paying Jobs' price. Yep, absolutely. So yeah. that's why. That's why I thought they had a just a, you know, uh, not a hate of one another, but just a a, a respectful competition between each other yeah it's it's right on uh so who or what is your enemy right now obscurity is my enemy right now obscurity not enough people know who i am or what i'm about see i've had the privilege of being a speaker for 20 some years but i am i have spoken and i use this metaphorically in the shadows and what i mean by that is i've spoken for companies and for the government a lot. But I have not done a lot of the mainstream talks that a lot of my counterparts have. They've done so many, you know, my counterparts have been able to speak in more public settings, which means more people know who they are and what they're about. I've been speaking and doing quite well, just speaking to corporations and government, and I've made my money there. Well, I've reached a point in my career now where it's like, I can't just speak in those spaces. I need to, I want to help more people. I want to be involved more. So now I'm trying to get from being unknown, which is 20 years of being unknown, so to speak. Mm. I want more people to know who I am and what I'm about and how I can help them. So that's why now I'm much more trying to fight obscurity. Anywhere that I can get my message out about who I am and what I actually do for people, that's what I'm attempting to do now is do more of those. I'm also not just someone that has created educational materials. I'm now doing online courses that allow people to get to know me. You know, they can get into an online course and they get to know who I am and how I teach and how I, how I help. So I'm doing all of those things now. So my enemy right now is obscurity. If no one knows who you are, it can be very tough to be in the work that we're doing, Jordan. Yeah, uh, totally. What sorts of online courses well, actually, I have created a, created a course on LinkedIn that I have been teaching for years, and I constantly am updating it. I called it LinkedIn Money Secrets, so I created that course. Then I created one just on personal development. It's my Rise Up and Win Success Packet, and it's just four hours of me talking about how to get in the right mindset, the seven habits holding you back, what to do about them, the seven people you need for an extraordinary life, the one thing you need in order to improve your life. So it's a course I created that I've been using for companies and in the government to help people develop the right mindset to do the work that they need to do. So I've got those two courses. I've got a course on, I call it the poor man's guide to professional speaking. And it's all the basic things I did that were really cost effective to build my business and get it over six figures. 
So I have a mini course and then I have an advanced course. So I have mm -hmm. those. And then for my business people, I have all, I'm developing all kinds of other courses. Some on how to deal with price wars, others on how to use testimonies to get clients. I've got other ones on how to be a better presenter. In other words, what I do on stage, I have a course called Win the Crowd. And in that course, I actually offer people, and it's live, where I talk about, and I, and I show them step by step exactly what I'm doing to connect with an audience and deliver a presentation. And it's all got to do with structure. So right now on my website, if someone were to go to the website, riseupandwin.com, go to online courses, they would see all of them there. And some of them are actually, and, and on my book page, there are some that are already live on there. Right, right. What's, uh, you said you have a book? No, I said it's on my book page. Oh, 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 gotcha. Oh, okay. Yeah, my yeah, bad. It's on the book page. Now, I have a book coming out this fall. Mm -hmm. It's called Adjust Your Sales. You know, how to embrace change and win, or how to embrace change and succeed. And I've been delivering that talk for a number of years, and I just decided to finally put it into a book where people can understand the what I call the pragmatic process of getting people to embrace change. Just like you and I were talking earlier when I said change is not the problem. It's yeah. about making transitions. That's the kind of stuff that I talk about in the book is about processes and steps to get people to embrace change. Mm -hmm. How can someone make someone that feels, you know, quote unquote stuck uh, how can they make a begin to make a transition in their life today, right now? If they're not exactly content right now, if they're living stressed out and worn out and burnt out, how can they make this transition right now? What are the what's the actionable steps? Well, first thing, the first therapeutic step they need to do is write down the things that are actually stressing them out, is to write them down. Because Clarity. here's the problem with most people. They just let it stay in their head, bouncing around, and, they, and it just keeps bouncing around, and they keep staying stressed. The first thing is, write everything down that's stressing you out. Get it out, so see what the enemy is. So write it all out. Next step, once you get done writing it all out, then you have to ask yourself the question, not just the why is it stressing me out, but you have to ask yourself a question about what is it that I need to really do to get to where I to get to where I want to be in my life. Like these things are these stresses are because of some other reason. So what is the reason for all of these stresses? And you say, well, I'm all stressed out because of bills and debt, so to speak. Well, then you say, but my job doesn't pay enough. Well, then you know what you say? Okay, well, if my job doesn't pay enough. I can't afford to quit my job. Then obviously, I need to come in to create some additional revenue streams by doing something else part-time or something online. Yes. And I, what I need to do is start learning some ways to earn some income online. So online income becomes the motivation to, do, to do, deal with the stresses. You've got to take your attention. Once you write it down, you take your attention off the stresses, and now you focus on this thing that can help you alleviate the stress, which is probably more than likely is always something positive. And I it's agree. And so that's what I that's what I do, and it's very it's very practical. You're, totally. If you keep focusing on the things that stress you out, they will get bigger and bigger. And because they get bigger and bigger, they consume you. So what you have to do 
And this comes down, and really, all that stress creates worry. And when worry is bigger than you, you are crippled by worry and you are paralyzed. You have to get bigger than your worries. And the only way to get bigger than our worries is through education, training, mentorship, and support. Yes. You can take all, all four if you want, but you got to pick one and get bigger than your problems. Right. <laughs> so really shift your focus because where focus goes, energy flows. Exactly. Your frame of mind. And it's all about, it's all about frame of mind. Like I just released a video this morning called Not Again, I Failed. And I talk about how to shift your mind off the failure and use the failure as a catalyst for improvement. See, one thing that people do when they fail is they live under the failure. But when you have the right frame of mind, you stand on top of your failure and you're able to see further down the road. But you have to learn to stand on top of your failures. And the only way to stand on top of your failures is to look at your failures as feedback. Yeah. See what I mean, Jordan, about shifting your mind? Absolutely. You shift it from failure to feedback because it's not final until you quit. As long as you don't quit, then your failure is never final. You always yeah. have a shot. It is not final until you quit. Oh, uh, yeah. That's good, man. Well, that's what, so that's, that's reframing your mind to deal with the craziness of this world, you know, but a lot of people, they fail and it's it, man. You might as well put them in the casket because they are not coming out because they don't yeah, see it the right way. You know, they, I mean, yeah, we all fail. Not, you know, we fail a lot, you know, but that's irrelevant to the end game, running your race. Once again, you're running your race. So what you, you didn't win this one, get back in the starting box and start again. <laughs> Heck yeah. Heck yeah. You know, um, Dude, totally, dude. That's awesome. I love that. So, you know, Johnny, you know how you remind me of? Who's that? Who's that? With, with your energy and just the way you think uh, and your animation, Les Brown. Wow. Yeah, dude. Wow. It, you really do. It's Even your voice sounds sounds a bit similar. Well, well I've, I've had the pleasure of knowing of less. I mean, him and I have never really had any kind of conversations. We've had a chance to speak on some of the same programs over a number of years. Mm. But I've always been pretty much, you know, like I said, I, I've been around Jordan a lot. But a lot of times people just don't know who I am. Like I told you, obscurity is the enemy of Johnny Campbell. And I work now more than ever so that people know who I am. And I try to share as much as I can so that people will share what I'm offering people. But I know less, I've known quite a few of the legends, quite a few legends in the marketplace. But they, I always say it this way, they see me, but they don't, they can't figure out who I am. Mm. <laughs> they don't know who I am. <laughs> so it's, uh, like I said, I definitely know of him and yeah, you know, quite a few of the other ones, other well-known speakers in the world. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jack Canfield I saw as well. Yeah. And Zig Ziglar. I had a privilege of meeting Zig back in 2002 at a National Speakers Association conference. And it was such a cool thing to meet him, given his years of experience. And I'll tell you a little side note about him. When I met him, I finally, I also met the little redhead, which is who he talks about, which is his wife. Mm -hmm. And I took a picture with him, and they are really short. So when I took this picture, I looked like a basketball player next to two people. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I look cute next to him. But when I... I pulled him aside only for a second, 
because he was going through the hallways. And I said, at the time, I had just started my career in 99. And I said, Zig, how can I have a career that is long lasting like yours? And Zig just nearly told me, he said, give the people something they can use and you'll be around for as long as you want to be. Mm. And that was it. And then he walked on down the hallway with his wife. Nice. And so I it's a very simple wisdom, but it's true. Today we call it value. Yeah, it, I was just going to say that. We call it value. This, that's our new word today. But Zig called it, give them something they can use and you'll be around for as long as you want to be. Mm-hmm. And I've been around for 20 years giving people something they can use. Right on. But what was true for you, I want to know, what was true for you 20 years ago, Johnny? Uh, you know, what, what were your guiding principles back then? And how has that changed now? Well, I would, I would say that there were lots of, um, I had lots of false assumptions about myself and people back then. And what I mean by it is I had this false assumption and it's not really, it's, I can't say it's totally false, but it was a false assumption that hard work alone will get you where you want to be. And I really realized that's not true. You can work hard, but you need to have relationships with people. You also need to be in the right environment for success to happen. Mm. In other words, you got to fish where the fish are. You can have the best equipment, the best boat, best lure, best bait. But if the fish aren't where you're fishing, you're not going to catch any fish. Yeah. (laughs) So it's irrelevant. So you could be this great product, great service. You could be this talented person, but if you're not in the right environment and you're not in that environment serving the right people, you're not going to have success. You're going to have a lot of frustration and you're going to be angry because you don't understand why you're not, why it's not working. And for a lot of people, I've come to realize it's environmental. Like another example of it that I give people on stage all the time is you don't have to be the greatest farmer to grow corn in Indiana. You can just take some seeds and throw it backwards and it'll grow in Indiana or Iowa. But you darn well better to be a magician to grow corn in Arizona. <laughs> you better yeah. have some magic powers. Oh, yeah. Because it's not the right environment. You got to be in the right environment. Or you've got to create the right environment that others can dwell within with you. Absolutely. And that's a lot of work. But it's, but it's environmental first. You've got to be in the right environment and you've got to be serving the right people with what you have to offer. That's the biggest, that's the biggest awakening that I've had in the last 20 years because I've, I've done all these other things and I would always seem to come up short and mm-hmm. I didn't understand why. I said, people love my program, people enjoy, people this, people that. But then I realized I'm not in the right environment. And that's why I'm not succeeding at a much higher level. So it was environment. It was being with the right people. And then the third one was consistency. Once Mm. you're in the right environment, serving the right people, you must be consistent. You can't start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. I have done it. It's hard work (laughs) when you are in the right environment, serving the right people, but you appear, disappear, appear, disappear. Because now you have to reestablish yourself with the people. Yeah. And that, and, and that, is, that brings its own host of problems because then they're asking you the question, Jordan, where you been? What have you been up to? <laughs> yeah. And, and that, so those are the, 
those are what now today I've come to this great awakening that I've got to do. You know, I've got to be in the right environment, serving the right people, and I've got to be as consistent as I possibly can. And then things start to work out. Absolutely. So I want to be respectful of your time. We're going to work towards wrapping up. And before I ask my final question, where can people find you online? Well, they can find me. They can go. If they're interested in any of my trainings or online courses, they can go to riseupandwin.com slash on the page there. They can go under the book tab or they can go under the online course tab. They can see all the things that I have to offer. They can reach out to me. They can get involved with what I'm doing there. You know, if any of the people that you're listening to you want to find me, I'm easily to find on LinkedIn under Transition Man and also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Transition Man. They can find me there as well. So that's really the brand, and that's what I go by throughout all of my online places. And if somebody really wants to talk to me, just like you, they can, they can, and, I, and here's where it comes weird, Brandon. <laughs> Jordan, this is where it gets weird. If you email me, I'll actually respond back to you. Oh, man. <laughs> I know that's old fashioned, but if they email me, Johnny at transitionman.com, I'll respond back to their questions or whatever they want. Right on. Well, dude, this has been absolute gold, Johnny, and I want to acknowledge you for a minute for your for being so energetic and uplifting and being just you're awesome dude like you're <laughs> awesome and your laugh your laugh dude i want to acknowledge you for your for your, the energy in your laugh the life in your laugh it's really very cool and refreshing to be speaking with someone like you well and so my final question is, what does life beautifully designed look like to you? Well, it is the opportunity to continue the work of going out to speak and sharing my message with groups and organizations. It is the ability to provide people with online courses that make a difference in their life and keep them going toward their dreams and goals, as well as learning some practical ways to make money in their business. It is being able to give my wife the life I promised her by showing her things that she hasn't seen experiential-wise. And then finally, for me, it is about the ultimate fishing experience, to be able to fish as much and as often as I can using all the lures that frustrate me and all the lures that inspire me to catch fish. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right on, my man, Johnny. So that's it. That's really that's what my life design looks like. And that's what I'm working toward every day. Absolutely. I love that. And thank you for coming on the show, Johnny. Thank you so much, Jordan. There you have it, my friends, Johnny Campbell. Define your enemy and let that enemy light a fire inside of you. And don't change, transition, and grow into your best self. Thanks for listening today, and if you've listened to the show in the past, you know we believe at Growth Mindset University, the secret to living is giving. You can share this episode out, and instead of just keeping it to yourself, you can share it with your closest friends, family, and followers. You can share this out with jordanparishealth.com 
EP22. And don't forget that you can also leave us a review, an honest review, to tell us how we're doing so that we can improve upon what we're already doing and grow our audience. And again, this episode is brought to you by Growth Mindset University, the book. You can type in Jordan Paris on Amazon or just the name of the book. It will come up. Or you can go to the official book website, growth-mindset-book.com to learn more about it. Until next time, my friends, make every day count.